Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. All right. A number of years ago now, many of you may have not thought about it a lot, but I bet you if I asked you where you were on 9-11, when the towers came down in New York, I don't think there'd be a person in the sanctuary that could not tell me exactly where they were and what they were doing and how astonished and shocked they were. Seeing the images for the first time stirred emotions inside of us about our country that we'd never never felt before. And uh, the loyalty and the patronage of this nation started to come out of tragedy. And so this morning, we're remembering that. Not only are we remembering that event, but we're remembering those heroes, not only that were there on that day and the many that gave their lives trying to save other people, but the heroes that are alive today, the heroes that do the same thing every day. And so I, I'm not going to take a lot of time. I just want to uh, make mention of uh, some people that have come to be with us. And um, we have Judge Doral, Jennifer Doral. She just was right there. We're so glad that she's here. She's a Waukesha County Circuit Court judge. And then her husband is with us as well. He's the Dean of Criminal Justice, Homeland Security, and Counterterrorism at WCTC. And he's also worked in police work at Waukesha Police Department. And we're glad that they've come to be with us. And then there's Beth back there, Beth Hemingway. She's in, uh, in firefighting, and we're glad that she has given her life to that as well. I'm not sure if I missed anyone, but if you are here and you're involved in law enforcement or firefighting uh, in those emergency services, wave your hand. And if not, um, we're here to honor those that put others above their own lives. Now, I I want to introduce a a man that's going to speak to us uh, for a few minutes, uh, Waukesha County Sheriff Eric Severson, Severson. I've known him for 16 years, and I am privileged to call him a good friend. Uh, He has a background in law enforcement that goes back near, I believe it's 30 years now, 28 years ago when he ran for office. He's been involved as a drug unit commander, and he's been to uh, Quantico, Virginia, and trained in the uh, FBI National Academy, amongst other things. And I have watched this man as he's dedicated his life to the service of a community of people. And I know he, wear, he carries a heavy load at times, but I'm so glad to be able to introduce him. Uh, Sheriff Severson, if you'd come on up. Isn't it amazing how quiet it gets when the cops show up? 
all the time. It's nice to see Judge Doro here as well, and she's probably wondering, you know, I never see him without his iPad, ever. I always have this because I'm always connected to what I'm, what I'm trying to do. And uh, these things are way too small, so I have to have two of those. <laughs> Steve, thank you for inviting me here today. Um, Steve asked me to spend a few minutes and talk a little bit about what I do and what our law enforcement community has done. And, and uh, this morning we kind of talked a little bit about how I'm going to spend 10 or maybe 15 minutes. I know it won't be 20 or 30. <laughs> um, but to talk a little bit about how 9-11 has changed uh, law enforcement, how it's changed our community, um, as well as talk a little bit about some of the challenges that your deputies and your police officers, your firefighters, your EMTs face. Uh, so I've jotted some notes down. Um, when you uh, came uh, to church today, did you look at the beautiful blue sky? Fifteen years ago, it was the same sky, wasn't it? 343 firefighters lost their lives that day. 72 law enforcement officers lost their lives that day. 2,996 people died 15 years ago today. I'm in front of you, not just as sheriff, uh, but I represent the 350 employees of the Washoe County Sheriff's Office who serve you. Uh, I'm honored to be uh, leading that organization. Uh, as Steve had mentioned, I've been doing this for a long time. It's, I'm in my 32nd year in law enforcement right now. Uh, 30 of those have been with the Waukesha County Sheriff's Office. Uh, I am your servant. Uh, I am a steward of the office. Uh, my uh, vision of what I do is to try to keep uh, keep this community as safe as, as we can make it and, and maintain the, the quality of life that we have um, and then uh, pass it on to someone else who will, who will pick up the baton and, and take care of our community, my community, your community. I'm grateful for the time that you're spending with me today. Um, it's, uh, it's a great community that we live in and um, I'm, I'm always a little, re my batteries are a little recharged by being around folks with faith and good character and uh, who care about their country and their community and their families. Um, it's, uh, it is a blessing, uh, and I thank you for the time. Uh, when, I was, uh, when I was halfway through my career, I was visiting my father-in-law, and we got into a discussion uh, about a bunch of things, and, and he gave me a small plaque that has a quote from Edward, uh, Edmund Burke on it. It says, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is that good men do nothing. And uh, he gave that to me um, that day, and it really symbolizes and, and kind of crystallizes what I think about law enforcement and what I think about emergency services. And uh, I, I want you to just kind of keep that in mind as, as I talk a little bit about what I think has, has changed uh, since 9-11. The first thing that I, and, and I literally jotted these down, I was in Steve's office and we were kind of just talking about this, so forgive me if it's a little disjointed, but one of the things that I think we've really changed is we've lost our national innocence. Uh, we've been injured in a way that changes how we look at our safety forever. 
Uh, we look at other governments and other peoples and other religions in a very different, through a very different lens. Excuse me. And we're afraid. We're afraid. And we want our protectors to protect us. And we should get to know who these protectors are. And I'm here to tell you that in my 32 years in law enforcement, I got to know a lot of them. And I've lost a few very good friends um, in the line of duty. And I've talked about that here in this very room during our uh, law enforcement uh, memorial week. And it's a very difficult thing for those of us in, in our profession to lose brother and sister officers. Uh, but I'm here to tell you that the people that are serving you in uniform are your, are your neighbors, they're your friends, they're your family, they're moms and dads, we're sons and daughters, um, we're flawed, we're imperfect, we're fallible, we're human. And as long as I am required to recruit from the human race, <laughs> it's going to stay that way. And I think it's important, uh, one of God's gifts in my perspective is the gift of humility, and I think that law enforcement needs to have that humility. Um, and we have to have uh, forgiveness from our community when we make mistakes, and we have to own up to our mistakes. We uh, were asked by our community were employed by our community to go into your homes and go into the community and solve some of the most difficult problems that uh, make up the human condition. Uh, routinely, we deal with mental illness, drug dependency, alcohol dependency, developmental disabilities. We take care of the aging. We take care of children. Um, we try to prevent crime to the extent we can. These are really hard things for really good people to do, and, and when you have human beings who are infallible, or are, are fallible, uh, it's a very difficult job to do. Uh, those, those husbands and fathers and wives and daughters are uh, making sacrifices for you every day, and I see that all the time. That my deputies, my correctional officers, my clerical staff, uh, they don't have the kind of family life that I had when I was growing up. I am not the kind of father that my father was to me. I haven't been there. Um, my, my excuse, my rationalization for that is that I felt that I was doing what I could to make the world better for my kids. Um, but I regret not being better in that regard. And I know that there are a lot of us that, that are in that same boat because it isn't just shift work. I mean, many of you work shifts, and, and shift work is hard, but it's, it goes beyond the shift work. It's the uncertainty. It's the tragedy that you're forced to live with. It's the inability for others to understand when we want to talk about what we experience uh, because it's not like it is on cops. It's, it's not sterile. It's not sanitized. It's ugly and it's dangerous, and it's tragic, and it's mournful. And it's a very difficult thing to do day in and day out. And I'm not suggesting that our public servants are doing that every single day, but it 
it does wear and you just don't know what is going to happen when your radio number is called. Um, there's a lot of studies that are done about how uh, the law enforcement profession's stress level goes up at every single radio call because you just don't know what it's going to mean. And there's stress knowing that what the dispatcher collected in terms of their information is rarely what we find when we get to the call. And so we try to be prepared when we go there, but we don't know what we're walking into. And that takes a toll on our health. My doctor told me I have to walk 45 minutes a day now. And uh, never did that, never took care of myself, and now I have to start doing that because this job takes a toll on our health. Um, law enforcement officers have an elevated risk of suicide and divorce and family troubles and alcoholism and drug use. We're human. Um, and we pray for help. We pray for guidance. Um, but it's a, it's a toll that, that we have to take. The, the sacrifice that bothers me the most, though, at times is, is the... You know, when I started by saying that America has lost its innocence since 9-11, law enforcement officers lost their innocence too. We, um, we don't look at people, I don't look at people the same way I did when I started in this business. I think anyone that's ever worked in law enforcement looks at people differently because of the challenges that we face and we all want to know in our heart that people are good, all people are good. Um, I'm afraid to say that there are a lot of people who are evil. Uh, and they, uh, they need help. And um, we don't know the difference by looking at them. So one of my losses, one of the sacrifices I've made is my own innocence. And I'm, I'm pretty uh, pessimistic about things. I, um, I get judgmental. I'm not the same person I was when I started 35 years ago. But there's hope. There's hope. Um, there's hope in this room because you remind me why I do what I do. You do. Many of you come up to me today and, and thank me for my service, and, um, and I appreciate that. And I would ask you to continue to provide hope in other ways. Uh, please thank my deputies and the police officers that you encounter and the firefighters. Take the minute to do that. Uh, the good news is we're seeing more and more of that now in an environment where uh, law enforcement is being viewed um, as, as the bad guy. And so those words of thanks, those words of comfort, when you say you're praying for us, that, that means a lot to us. Um, and I pass it on to my deputies, but don't just stop with me because I'm a little insulated from this now. Uh, they're the ones that are out there ringing doorbells and talking to people and, and taking some risks that I don't necessarily have to take anymore. So they need your help and your support. Uh, in my 45-minute walks, I'm seeing more and more we back the badge signs. Thank you for those of you who went out and picked one of those up. Um, it, it makes me feel good when I'm walking in my neighborhood and I see those once in a while um, because it, it, 
it offsets that other thing that we're hearing. We've been made out to be the villain, and truth is a casualty in that discussion. Um, social media and the news media and politicians would have you believe that law enforcement is as a whole racist and as a whole evil and as a whole responsible for the ills in our community. Uh, the reality is, is that if we look at individual situations and individual instances where law enforcement officers use force, if we, do, if we commit to the fact that we want truth to survive, we need to learn the truth and learn about how law enforcement officers serve and don't allow ourselves to be misled by the false narrative. And, and that's a way you can help us um, and talk to your family and friends about what you see. And, and uh, my role in, in government is, uh, is to protect and serve. And my role in government is to make us better. And it's hard for me to do that when we're under attack. Uh, but it makes it a lot easier when you're supporting us and when you're talking to your government leaders and representatives and you're saying, you know what, I don't believe the false narrative. I have looked at the facts. I know what my neighbors are doing in law enforcement, and I appreciate what they do. I certainly appreciate what the men and women in public service do. So you can, you can provide that hope for us, and uh, we remember 9-11 today. I, I think we have to do more than remember it. I think we have to live the lessons uh, that that's taught us. We really have to live those lessons. And those lessons are find, find the truth and take care of our family and put things that are important in our lives first and ask for the, for the Lord's help with our law enforcement and our first responders who need that because what we're trying to do is pretty difficult. Um, and the longer I do this, the more I realize that I'm, I need help more and more every day. Uh, I started with a, my favorite quote from Edmund Burke, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is that good men do nothing. Um, I'm a big reader and I was reading a different book the other day and I found another one that I never heard of before also attributed to Edmund Burke, nobody made a greater mistake than he who did nothing because he could only do a little. So I'm asking all of us to do a little and remember those fallen on 9-11 and, and take care of each other, um, support each other, seek the truth. I am very grateful that you chose to listen to me for a few minutes. Steve, I tried to keep it short. Uh, I would ask uh, all of you, uh, God bless you. God bless the United States of America. Thank you so much. Best one, two. may be seated. Thank you very much.
You are among friends. We hope you feel safe today. Amen. Yeah. He does that to a lot of people, I think. First Timothy chapter 2. I'll try to be brief today, too. Here's my iPad, so we're... How many of you found it? First Timothy chapter 2. If you found it, please stand in honor of God's word and the truth that we stand for. Amen? How many of you appreciate freedom? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. First Timothy 2, verse 1. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for those that are in authority. Why would we do these things? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. And today for a few minutes I want to preach on this subject. I can still hear the sirens. I can still hear the sirens. God bless you, you may be seated. Again, I acknowledge police, law enforcement, our judicial system, our United States military, our firefighters, and EMT personnel. I remind this congregation that we have a responsibility to them. Four things were listed in what I just read to you. We are responsible as citizens for the supplications that they need. The cost of tools, training, and equipment falls on us, the taxpayers, and the citizens of our community. Second, we were instructed to pray for those that are in authority, and we must continue to do so. Third, we were instructed to intercede. That means to support when we are called upon. Sometimes that means more than just encouraging words. You may come on a situation where an officer may ask you to help, and you should be willing to do so. And then finally, we are to give thanks, as Sheriff Severson just mentioned to us. You know what, and I'll go a little bit further. If you see an officer, and you're in a restaurant or a military personnel, it wouldn't cost you too much to even buy their lunch. And I believe God would be pleased with that. We know of their responsibilities to us, so I'm going to skip that portion of our message. But I'll tell you what I like seeing on squad cars. To protect and to serve. They protect the people they protect the property, they protect the community, and they protect our nation. Our freedom comes at an extremely high price. And I'm not just talking about money. 
Sometimes it costs lives. Who can forget? Consider the sirens now while I quote a few things to you. The sirens. Who can forget December 7th, 1941? And every clip that I've ever seen, I hear sirens. And I see people running to help one another. December December 7th, 1941, the Japanese brought the United States of America into World War II. We stayed out of World War II as long as we could. We hoped that we would be able to isolate ourselves from a world war. But eventually the Japanese were the ones that brought us in. On that particular day, 2,008 Navy personnel, 109 Marines, 218 from the Army, and 68 civilians lost their lives at Pearl Harbor. 2,403 Americans died on that day. And we can still hear the sirens. On September 11, 2001, the U.S. was forced again to join, this time, the war on terrorism. Again, we stayed out of it as long as we could, but finally when it came to our own shores, we decided we'd have to do something about it. And we are continuing to do that 15 years later this very day. You've heard the figures, but I'll mention them again. 2060 in the World Trade Center, 265 died in four planes, 125 died at the Pentagon for a total of 2,996. More died that day than at Pearl Harbor. 343 firefighters and 72 from law enforcement gave their lives. 6,000 people were also injured that day on 9-11. And since 9-11, 6,600 men and women have died in fighting the war on terrorism. Those who protect and those who serve are worthy of our appreciation, respect, and thanks. They're worthy. I'm going to do something that, and Chief or Sheriff, you you brought this up, and there are certain people in our society that have a platform from which they can speak. They may be key figures in our community, they may be professional athletes or actors or musicians or even pastors. They have an audience, they have a certain amount of influence, and they have what I call a platform. With this platform, there comes a responsibility. So, well, I didn't ask for the platform. Too bad. It just comes with what you do. And because you have this platform, you must be respectful. You must be discreet in the way that you approach things and in the things that you say and the things that you do. Now I am very, I'm going to try and be what I just said, discreet and respectful. 
but I cannot stand by and see th- some things that happen in this nation without using my platform to speak against them. I am against abortion. Always have been, always will be. Can't stand for it. I am not against homosexuals. I am against homosexuality. I am against sharing bathrooms with, the, with opposite sexes. Uh, you've heard me talk about these things and vices and things like that. But it disturbs me. And the president himself gave me this right this past week. He said it himself, so I'm going to take advantage of it. He said any American has a right to say anything that they want to say and protest in any manner that they want. Again, we must be careful of how we use our platform. But recently we've had some athletes that have decided they are not going to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. And they are going to speak against authority. Let me give you some scripture to consider. Proverbs, I'll thank you There's my wife up in the booth today. Thanks, hon. Can you give me these scriptures? Proverbs 14, 34. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. We need to be a righteous nation. We have lost our innocence. That's what we heard. We need to take it back. We need to stand up for what is right. The good people of this nation need to stand for what is right. Give me the next verse of scripture, Sister Kylie. Let me, this is 2 Timothy. Can you see it? This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Verse two. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemies, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Did you know, notice what comes before Unholy. There's a big problem. We don't have enough people that are thankful to be under the flag of the United States of America. We are under the flag. One nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Verse three, without natural affection, see if you don't see these things in our society. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent fears, despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, saying they're religious, but denying the power thereof from such Turn away. When you recognize these characteristics in people in these last days, turn away. Don't embrace. Don't listen. Turn away. 1 Corinthians 15 and 33 says, Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Now I just talked to you about some people that say they will not stand for the Pledge of Allegiance or for the national anthem. 
be not deceived. There's anger. There's rebellion. And the evil communication will be followed by bad manners. Now, the sheriff mentioned that we're not perfect. That goes for my profession too. Not all of us do the right things all the time. But don't throw everybody under the bus because of a few. Don't throw the baby out with the water. Most people that are in these professions, the ones that we're talking about today, are in it not for the money, but for the cause. The cause is greater than they are. And so I say to those that refuse to stand for the national anthem or the Pledge of Allegiance, shame on you for disgracing our nation and those who protect and serve. Shame on you. I'd go even a little bit further. I'm trying to be careful. I'm, I'm trying to hold back here. This is one nation it's real easy to get out of. Bye. We've got people doing everything that they can to get into this nation. When you're in it, be thankful. If not, see ya. We live under this flag, its protections, and its blessings, and its God. And we should be thankful. We should be thankful. And if you don't have anything good to say, my mom used to say it this way, if you don't have something good to say, keep your mouth shut. Praise what's good, turn away from evil. That's what we have been instructed to do. Now let me con conclude with a few of these thoughts. When I was a little boy, I was about nine or 10 years old, I was assigned the responsibility of taking care of our youngest member of the family. His name was Jimmy. My parents had three sons and one girl. One day, I was taking care of Jimmy, and it was just before supper time. He was less than a year old. And my mother went to check on him before we sat down to have dinner. And when she turned Jimmy over, his face was full of blood. And she screamed at the top of her lungs. She didn't know it was wrong. She just knew it was really bad and, she, and there wasn't anything we could do about it. So you know what we did? We didn't have 911 back then. We called the police. And the police called the ambulance. And this is what I will have forever etched in my mind the first time I ever heard a siren. We need help. This is above our pay grade. We don't know what to do. Will somebody please come and help? Do you know how blessed you are to be in a nation that you can pick up a phone, your house is on fire, somebody's in your house or in your neighborhood that shouldn't be there, you've got a medical emergency and you dial 911 and people rush as fast as they possibly can get there in a safe way with sirens blaring and lights flashing and what they're saying on the way is, get out of the way. Somebody needs us 
now. That's what I remember as a little boy. I remember, and it was at night, I remember seeing the red lights and people coming into the room and getting around Jimmy and trying to save Jimmy. There were at least four ambulances and three squad cars for one little boy. That little boy died. But not before everything that people could do was done to try and save him. That's my first experience with sirens and with lights. My father injured himself. I remember he was cutting the lawn one day and a piece of metal caught the top of his foot and blood literally spurted out of his foot. If you're a little boy and you see your dad in that condition, you will panic. You will scream, you will cry, you might even pray, but you want somebody to come and help him because you're afraid you might lose your dad. The neighbor called the police. And you know when I first started feeling better? It's when I heard the siren. It's when I heard the police and the ambulance. I could hear them from a great distance away and I was so thankful that somebody came to rescue my father. You see, I can still hear the sirens today. When I was in high school, I remember that the Russians promised that they would bury us. We were so concerned about an attack from the Soviet Union that we would have drills where sirens would go off and people would hide under their desks. How many of you have ever heard a tornado siren? Sirens, we still, we still hear the sirens. And in preparing for this message today, I so much wanted to get the point across and I hope that I have in the few minutes that I've spent with you today. We should be so thankful for what people are doing for us on a regular basis and not take them for granted. Not take them for granted. I'm so glad today that we still have 911. 911. Our enemies chose that particular day because we had received a title that America is the 911 of the world. Do you know why America was birthed with the 911 message? Because we have a generous people. Americans are generous people, and they're willing to help people in their time of need. We send food all over the world. We send troops to people that are so oppressed that they can't defend their own nation. We do what we can to help everybody. And we're 911 because we believe in Christianity. And we believe that's what Christ would do. Whether you're a Jew or a Gentile or a Christian, doesn't matter. If you have a need and if there's an ability in us to help you with that need, that's what we do. And so they decided that they would embarrass the 911 nation by attacking on 9-11. They were wrong. We have not lost our spirit. We will still help. 
we still will respond to anyone and everyone that needs our help to the best of our ability. Are we perfect? No, we are not. So well stated by the sheriff today. The police departments are not perfect. The firefighters, the judges, the laws, the pastors, you name anyone you want. We all have flaws and imperfections. And some of us make bad mistakes. But here's what I want you to remember today in conclusion in this message. There are three things that we must have. Three things we must have. Number one, we must have integrity. Integrity means that when you know something's right, you do it just because it's right, even if it's inconvenient. We must be people of integrity. Number two, we must be people of humility. God resists the proud. He pushes them away, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. So when we do wrong, when our flaws are revealed, the smartest thing we can do is be people of integrity followed by humility. Admit that you've made a mistake. Admit that you are wrong. There is no, remember this, there is no defense against humility. It is irresistible. It cannot be refuted. You know what? I'm sorry, folks. Remember the nine words I taught you? That will get you out of any difficult situation and relationship problem that you have if said with sincerity? I am sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Put it on yourself. Don't put it on them. Be a person of integrity, be a person of humility, and be a person that does their best to right their wrongs. I'm sorry, I messed up, I know I was wrong, and I'm gonna do my best not to ever let this happen again. America forgives people of integrity, humility, and repentance but it does not forgive those that are proud and make excuses for their wrong behavior. That's my observation. And do you know why that is? Because that's how God is toward us. God, God knows you're not perfect, but he wants you to admit when you're wrong and be humble and turn away from it. So be people, be the kind of people that God can use and God can send to those that have a need. Will they hear your siren when they're facing a drug problem, a divorce, or problems in their life? Will you respond to their need? That's what God wants us to do. Let's stand together. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, 
please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.